Chapter One of In the Footprints of the Padres by Charles Warren Stoddard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One: Old Days in El Dorado. Two: Crossing the Isthmus. We approached the Mosquito Shore timidly. The shallowing sea was of the color of amber. The land so low and level that the foliage which covered it seemed to be rooted in the water. We dropped anchor in the mouth of the San Juan River on our right lay the little spanish village of san juan del norte its five hundred inhabitants may have been waiting through its one street at that moment for aught we knew the place seemed to be knee-deep in water on our left was a long strip of land the depot and coaling station of the vanderbilt steamship company it did not appear to be much that sand spit known as punta arenas and its row of sheds at the water's edge and its scattering shrubs tossing in the wind but sovereignty over this very point was claimed by three petty powers costa rica nicaragua and a mosquito great britain backed the mosquito claim and in virtue of certain privileges granted by the mosquito king the authorities of san juan del norte the port better known in those days as Greytown, albeit twas as green as grass threatened to seize punta arenas for public use thereupon Greytown was bombarded but immediately rose phoenix-like from its ashes and was flourishing when we arrived the current number of harper's monthly a copy of which we brought on board when we embarked at new york contained an illustrated account of the bombardment of Greytown, which added not a little to the interest of the hour while we were speculating as to the nature of our next experience suddenly a stern-wheel flat-bottomed boat backed up alongside of the star of the west she was of the pattern of the small freight boats that still ply the ohio and mississippi rivers if the star of the west was small this stern-wheel scow was infinitely smaller there was but one cabin and it was rendered insufferably hot by the boilers that were set in the middle of it there was one flush deck with an awning stretched above it that extended nearly to the prow of the boat it was said our passenger list numbered fourteen hundred the gold boom in california was still at fever heat every craft that set sail for the isthmus by the nicaragua or panama route or by the weary route round cape horn was packed full of gold seekers it was the golden age of the argonauts and if my memory serves me well there were no reserved seats worth the price thereof the first river boat at our disposal was for the exclusive accommodation of the cabin passengers or as many of them as could be crowded upon her and we were among them other steamers were to follow as soon as practicable hours even days passed by and the passengers on the ocean steamers were sometimes kept waiting the arrival of the river boats that were aground or had been belated up the stream about two hundred of us boarded the first boat our luggage of the larger sort was stowed away in barges and towed after us the decks were strewn with handbags camp-stools bundles and rolls of rugs the lower deck was two feet above the water as we looked back upon the star of the west waving a glad farewell to the ship that had brought us more than two thousand miles across the sea she loomed like a noah's ark above the flood and we were quite proud of her but not sorry to say good-bye 
and now away into the very heart of a central american forest and hail to the new life that lay all before us in el dorado the river was as yellow as saffron its shores were hidden in a dense growth of underbrush that trailed its boughs in the water and rose a wall of verdure far above our smokestacks as we ascended the stream the forest deepened the trees grew taller and taller wide-spreading branches hung over us gigantic vines clambered everywhere and made huge hammocks of themselves they bridged the bayous and made dark leafy caverns wherein the shadows were forbidding for the sunshine seemed never to have penetrated them and they were the haunts of weirdness and mystery profound sometimes a tree that had fallen into the water and lay at a convenient angle by the shore afforded the alligator a comfortable couch for his sun-bath shall i ever forget the excitement occasioned by the discovery of our first alligator not the ancient and honourable crocodile of the nile was ever greeted with greater enthusiasm yet our sportsman had very little respect for him and his sleep was disturbed by a shower of bullets that spattered upon his hoary scales as harmlessly as rain though the alligator punctuated every adventurous hour of that memorable voyage in nicaragua we children were more interested in our darwinian friends the monkeys they were of all shades and shapes and sizes they descended in troops among the trees by the riverside they called to us and beckoned us shoreward they cried to us they laughed at us they reached out their bony arms and stretched wide their slim cold hands to us as if they would pluck us as we passed we exchanged compliments and clubs in a sham battle that was immensely diverting we returned the missiles they threw at us as long as the ammunition held out but captured none of the enemy nor did the slightest damage as far as we could ascertain often the parrots squalled at us but their vocabulary was limited for they were untaught of men sometimes the magnificent macaw flew over us with its scarlet plumage flickering like flame oh but those gorgeous birds were splashes of splendid colour in the intense green of that tropical background there were islands in this river islands that seemed to have no shores but lay half submerged in midstream like huge waterlogged bouquets there were sandbars in the river and upon these we sometimes ran and were brought to a sudden standstill that startled us not a little then we backed off with what dignity we might and gave the unwelcome obstructions a wide berth perhaps the most interesting event of the voyage was wooding up a few hours after we had entered the river our steamer made for the shore more than once in her course she had rounded points that seemed to block the way and occasionally there were bends so abrupt that we found ourselves apparently landlocked in the depths of a wilderness that might well be called prodigious now it was evident that we were heading for the shore and with a purpose too as we drew near we saw among the deep tangle of leaves and vines a primitive landing it was a little dock with a thatched lodge in the rear of it and a few cords of wood stacked upon its end there were some natives here indians probably with dark skins bared from head to foot they wore only the breech-clout and this of the briefest evidently they were children of nature 
having made fast to this dock these woodmen speedily shouldered the fuel and hurried it on board while they chanted a rhythmical chant that lent a charm to the scene we were never weary of wooding up and were always wondering where these gentle savages lived and how they escaped with their lives from the thousand and one pests that haunted the forest and lay in wait for them every biting and stinging thing was there the mosquitoes nearly devoured us especially at night while serpents scorpions centipedes possessed the jungle there also was the lair of larger game it is said that sharks will pick a white man out of a crowd of dark ones in the sea not that he is a more tempting and toothsome morsel drenched with nicotine he may indeed be less appetizing than his dark-skinned fruit-fed fellow but his silvery skin is a good sea mark as the shark has often confirmed so these dark ones in the semi-darkness of the wood may perhaps pass with impunity where a pale face would fall an easy prey at the rapids of machuca we debarked here was a miry portage about a mile in length through which we waded quite merrily for it seemed an age since last we had set foot to earth our freight was pulled up the rapids in bongas rowboats manned by natives but our steamer could not pass and so returned to the star of the west for another load of passengers there was mire at machuca and steaming heat but the path along the river bank was shaded by wondrous trees and we were overwhelmed with the offer of all the edible luxuries of the season at the most alarming prices there was no coin in circulation smaller than a dime everything saleable was worth a dime or two or three to the seller it didn't seem to make much difference what price was asked by the merchant he got it or you went without refreshments it was evident there was no market between meals at machuca rapids and steamer traffic enlivened it but twice in the month what oranges were there such as one seldom sees outside the tropics great globes of delicious dew shut in a pulpy crust half an inch in thickness of a pale green tinge and oozing syrup and an oily spray when they are broken bananas mangoes guavas sugar-cane on these we fed and drank the cream of the young coconut goat's milk and the juices of various luscious fruits served in carven gourds delectable indeed but the nature of which was past our speculation it was enough to eat and to drink and to wallow a muddy mile for the very joy of it after having been towing the mark on a ship's deck for a dozen days or less and feeding on ship's fodder our second transport was scarcely an improvement on the first again we threaded the river which seemed to grow broader and deeper as we drew near its fountain-head lake nicaragua upon a height above the river stood a military post el castillo much fallen to decay here were other rapids and here we were transferred to a lake boat on which we were to conclude our voyage these stern-wheel scows could never weather the lake waters we had passed a night on the river boat a night of picturesque horrors the cabin was impossible nobody braved its heat 
the deck was littered with luggage and crowded with recumbent forms a few fortunate voyagers men of wisdom and experience were provided with comfortable hammocks and while most of us were squirming beneath them they swung in mid-air under a breadth of mosquito netting slumbering sonorously and obviously oblivious of all our woes if i forget not i cared not to sleep we were very soon to leave the river and enter the lake from the boughs of overarching trees swept beards of dark gray moss some yards in length that waved to and fro in the gathering twilight like folds of funereal crepe there were campfires at the wooding stations the flames of which painted the foliage extraordinary colors and spangled it with sparks great flocks of unfamiliar birds flew over us their brilliant plumage taking a deeper dye as they flashed their wings in the firelight the chattering monkeys skirmished among the branches sometimes a dull splash in the water reminded us that the alligator was still our neighbor and ever there was the piping of wild birds whose notes we had never heard before and whose outlines were as fantastic as those of the bright objects that glorify an antique japanese screen once from the shore a canoe shot out of the shadow and approached us it was a log hollowed out only the shell remained within it sat two indians not the dark creatures we had grown familiar with down the river these also were nearly nude but with the picturesque nudeness that served only to set off the ornaments with which they had adorned themselves necklaces of shells wristlets and armlets of bright metal wreaths of gorgeous flowers and the gaudy plumage of the flamingo they drew near us for a moment only to greet us and turn away and very soon with splash of dipping paddles they vanished in the dusk these were the flowers of the forest all the winding way from the sea the river walls had been decked with floral splendor gigantic blossoms that might shame a rainbow starred the green spaces of the woods but of all that we had seen or heard or felt or dreamed of none has left an impression so vivid so inspiring so instinct with the beauty and the poetry and the music of the tropics as those twilight mysteries that smiled upon us for a moment and vanished even as the great fireflies that paled like golden rockets in the dark End of part two.